If this is your first time listening, welcome to your therapy tools. If you are a repeat listener, welcome back. Today's episode focuses on binge eating and how DBT can help. So let's talk about what binge eating is and um, kind of dive into identifying if you in fact are a binge eater. If you haven't listened to the DBT episodes and you are struggling with binge eating, I highly recommend that you go all the way to DBT1 and then listen to the episodes all the way through. Um, This will help you to learn the skills, to apply those skills to your life and help you to dramatically change what you need to change. So are you a binge eater? How often do you stand in front of your refrigerator or your pantry, scanning the area as you look for something to eat, but you're not really hungry? Maybe you're bored. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're feeling stressed out. Are you craving comfort foods like mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, or maybe something along the lines of a nice bag of chips a cake, some cookies, or frosting on graham crackers? Do you often struggle with fighting yourself to avoid these foods and then you eat them mindlessly and then you feel shame? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may feel like you've lost your ability to listen to your body and eat healthy to align with your goals for nutrition. Maybe you've been ruminating on getting healthy and changing your eating habits for a while now, maybe even for your whole life. It truly is amazing how comfort food seems to help in those moments of high stress. I mean, how many movies have you watched where like the lead character has a bad breakup and they show them sitting there crying with a coffee table full of Oreo cookies and chips and they're, they're wolfing down some ice cream while they cry. And, and then their friends show up and say, put the spoon down, (laughs) go take a shower, get dressed. We're getting you out of this room. You may wish that you had a friend like that, or maybe you do. Let's dive into how you can be that friend to yourself. So the first step is to identify if you have an eating disorder. Um, Of course, we'll talk about binge eating, but I want to also recognize that bulimia is an eating disorder as well, and that includes eating large amounts of food and then purging that food through vomiting, self-induced vomiting. And then we have anorexia. That is the absolute avoidance of food. Um, You're starving yourself. And binge eating is exactly what it sounds like. You're binging on food. So I, let's look at the different areas of what would what would uh, constitute a binge eater. So there's a few levels of binge eating. There's a stress eater or sometimes referred to as the emotional eater. You will seek out and consume unhealthy foods when you're feeling guilty or ashamed, um, 
You might mindlessly eat to numb your emotions out. You might eat large amounts of food after an argument or a breakup, like the movie scene I just described. Um, you might be eating when you're not physically hungry, but you're just bored or upset. Um, you could be eating after seeing a commercial that prompts you to eat hamburgers or tacos or Chinese food. It just makes you feel compelled to go eat that. And while you're eating, you're not focusing on the emotions. You're just shoving your mouth full. And uh, I always describe that as you're filling a hole with the wrong dirt. And you may be eating to distract you from a stressful situation. And then we have the happy eater. Um, you don't think about restricting your calories or healthy choices in food while you're happy. You're just happy-go-lucky. You eat whatever. You go with the flow. Um, you eat certain foods while you're happy that make you even happier, uh, such as on your birthday. Um, you're eating while you're on social outings with friends. You, you don't think about nutrition. You don't think about your goals. You just go with the flow again. You're just kind of socially eating um, and just enjoying all the food without thinking of the consequences or any of your goals. Then we have the angry eater. This person eats out of revenge sometimes. Uh, maybe they're getting back at somebody who made them mad or um, somebody called them fat or something to that effect. So you might eat the whole lunch that you packed for your spouse tomorrow. You might get up at midnight and say, oh yeah, I'm so mad at you. I'm just going to eat the lunch I made for you tomorrow and then you won't have one. You might um, eat all the birthday cake of a friend who offended you. You might um, eat a bucket of chicken to prove somebody right that you are in fact a pig after they call you a pig. Um, or something made you so angry, the only way you can calm down is to eat a pint of ice cream or eat a bag of candy or eat an entire box of muffins or donuts and after you eat all that, you feel so full and so uncomfortable. You don't have time to be mad anymore. Um, then we have the lonely eater. So your appetite is stronger when you're alone. You eat to decrease feeling lonely. You eat more when you're alone. And when you're with others, you might decrease your servings dramatically or your choices of food. Uh, we have the bored eater. And I think we're all guilty of this at times. You have nothing to do and nowhere to go. So you reach for a snack to pass the time and you end up mindlessly eating a whole bag of Doritos or a whole bag of Ruffles or a whole can of Pringles, you know, and, and then you realize, oh my God, I just ate that whole bag. <laughs> and then you feel bad about yourself. And, um, and we have the sad eater, which of course, I described in the movie scene, it's a breakup. It's somebody who offended you. You got fired. Somebody passed away and you're eating to self-soothe. The stress eater. I apologize for that disruption. My dog wanted to put his input in here too. So uh, a stress eater, you're feeling overwhelmed at work. You're feeling nervous or you're worried. You're ruminating about something or someone. And then we have the celebration eater. So holidays, birthdays, parties, you give yourself a free pass to just eat and eat and eat with no thought. 
And sometimes that can be uh, exasperated a little when we are at a party where alcohol is involved. How many times have you been hanging out with friends? You're all a little buzzed and somebody says, oh my God, French bread pizza. Oh my God, let's go to Taco Bell. Let's go to Jack in the Box. And the last thing on your mind is your goals for healthy eating. And you might say, oh my God, yeah, I'm just going to pig out. I don't even care right now. And we've all done it. Um, and then holidays, of course, you know, I, well, I want to eat healthy, but it's Thanksgiving and all my favorite comfort foods are on the table or it's Valentine's day and somebody bought me chocolates. If I don't eat them, well, that's rude. Uh, so, and Halloween, that's a big one, right? All the holidays that, that bring all the candy and all the good stuff and all the junk food. We kind of just, ah, we're celebrating a holiday. Let all those rules go out the door. We're going to eat whatever we want. Um, so binge eating disorder, according to the DSM, includes the following criteria. You're eating much more rapidly than normal. So you're eating really fast. You're woofing it down. You're eating until you feel uncomfortably full. So this is going to be the, uh, dis the uh, distended stomach, the heartburn, um, the, the rumbling, the IBS symptoms, feeling like you need some uh, Pepto or Pepsid or uh, just feeling super uncomfortable. And you have to unbutton those pants and you have to sit there and, and try to let everything digest and you're just feeling really bad. Um, eating large amounts of food when you're just not physically hungry. So it's all, it's all emotion-based eating. You're eating alone because you feel embarrassed by how much you eat. So uh, you wait until everybody's gone and then you get yourself that huge bowl of mac and cheese. And then you follow it with a huge bowl of mashed potatoes. And then you follow that up with some cake or cheesecake or, you know, and no one's around to look at you with their judgmental eyes and make you feel bad for pigging out the way you do. Or you're feeling disgusted with yourself, depressed, or very guilty after you eat. Binge eating mostly affects the female population, though there is a small percentage of males who struggle with it as well. And um, binging is triggered by emotions rather than physical hunger. So let's take a really quick break, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. So Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Emotional hunger versus physical hunger. Emotional hunger demands instant gratification, whereas physical hunger can endure until mealtime. So when it's emotional hunger, it's um, it almost feels like you're possessed and you... You go and open the fridge and you grab a piece of cheese and shove it in your mouth. You go open the pantry and you grab some cookies and just immediately start eating them like you just cannot wait. Uh, physical hunger is more like 
uh, you're you're in the middle of a project or something and you feel your stomach growl and you're like, oh, I'm hungry. And you know that lunchtime is not for another hour. And so you're cool. You wait. You drink some water. You have some tea or something and you wait till lunch. Emotional hunger comes on very suddenly and physical hunger comes on slowly. So emotional hunger is you're not really feeling your stomach growl sometimes. Sometimes it's just, ooh, I need to eat something right now. And um, physical hunger, you know, like I described, you might feel, uh, your stomach may feel empty. It might growl a few times. You might think, ooh, I'm hungry. Um, but it slowly comes on. Emotional hunger craves comfort food, whereas physical hunger will consider options that might include healthier foods. So when you're emotionally hungry, you're grabbing those fast carbs, you're grabbing those high sugar, high fat content foods. Um, when you're physically hungry, it's, it's almost like you're allowing your body to give you some ideas of what it wants. You know, when you crave, sometimes we might crave a salad. Sometimes we might crave broccoli. So when we're physically hungry, we'll have those cravings that have more, more options than comfort food or junk food. And emotional hunger is the hungry caterpillar. Do you remember that book? The hungry caterpillar. He just eats and eats and eats and eats to the point of discomfort. And that's what we do with emotional hunger. We eat until we feel sick. And uh, physical hunger stops when your stomach is comfortably full, sometimes before it is full. So that's the difference between the two in the DSM. And then we also have emotional hunger triggering guilt and shame, whereas physical hunger does not. Physical hunger triggers a sense of satiety. I, I'm satiated. I, I feel better. I'm not hungry now. But emotional hunger triggers, oh my God, I just ate a whole coconut cake. Um, so to end your struggle with emotional or stress eating, it's, inf it's really important to learn to practice mindful eating and put an end to the mindless and automatic eating. So how, how can we do that? Uh, journaling is a great great tool for this. And, and if you're not thinking of journaling, think about tracking, get a notebook and just track, put a notebook or a journal near the fridge or near the pantry or at work on your desk or even in your car, because sometimes we're tempted to go to Burger King and grab a chicken sandwich, a hamburger, French fries, the whole thing. Cause we just want to pig out. Um, so check in with yourself before you eat and be non-judgmental with yourself. Ask yourself and answer these questions in your journal. Am I hungry? Is my stomach already full? Which trigger is driving me to eat right now? Is it emotional hunger or physical hunger? And how do I feel after recognizing that trigger? Do I feel happy with myself that I have recognized a trigger and hopefully the answer will be yes. Um, keep that journal and use it. Use it. Make a list of your triggers. You want to be able to recognize what is triggering you. Is it stress, anger, sadness, boredom? Is it celebration? And track those triggers every single day. 
because you want to be sure that you understand what your triggers are and eventually you want to dig down to the root of those triggers and figure out where they came from because a lot of binge eaters uh, developed binge eating due to childhood circumstances or a really severe situation that happened in early adulthood um, and and it caused caused binge eating to become the self-soothing but theories show that in um, childhood toddlerhood and infancy if our caretakers did not feed us when we were hungry if we were never allowed to have a voice then we grow up with binge eating tendencies we grow up uh, feeling like food is the ultimate comfort because we didn't receive that nourishment in uh, toddlerhood and most of the time if you're a binge eater you probably have anxious attachment an anxious attachment style in your relationships um, so make a list of your triggers make a list of alternative actions so if you determine that you are emotionally hungry maybe it's better if you call a friend take a walk dance for a minute or two uh, have have a hot cup of tea take a bath read a book play the guitar listen to music work on a hobby pet your cat or your dog or your goat or your horse whatever kind of animals you have open up your coping toolbox if 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 you have not made yourself a coping toolbox um, feel free to contact me and I'll give you all the information on how to do that um, creating a coping toolbox is cool because you give yourself several different options in that box and you open it up and you choose something and run with it it helps when you're in that state of emotional hunger and you're triggered and maybe you're not thinking logically in the moment but you know that you really need an alternate action so you might have a difficult time choosing something and when you open that coping tools box you can just uh put your hand in there and pull something out and say, I'm going to do this. And if it's not working, you toss it and say, it's not working and then pick up something else. I'm going to do this. Um, but the coping, the coping toolbox is pretty cool. Choose healthy options over comfort foods as well. If you want some chips, you could choose to slice radishes and dip them in guacamole and still get that crunch. Or you might choose apple slices with with peanut butter and honey something that will still give you the satisfaction of that crunch that little bit of sweetness but it's a much healthier alternative so give yourself some healthy options to choose from as well um, many professionals will prescribe structured cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT to treat eating disorders it has been proven to be quite effective through several studies I agree with those findings absolutely and I also agree and believe that DBT is very effective in treating eating disorders. So dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT was initially created to combat self-harming and suicidality. Binge eating is a form of self-harm and addiction because it makes the body unhealthy while causing those reward centers in the brain to explode with feel-good hormones. Uh, 
and that's followed by guilt and shame and a sense of helplessness to your own urges. It is a repeating cycle that requires repeated cycles of skills to create a new automatic response or create that new neural pathway and alternate healthy ways to find those reward centers. So I've explained this before, but I'll briefly explain it here too. Um, we have these automatic thoughts that travel down the path of least resistance and the, the, they kind of fire off in our brain and create kind of like a groove. And when we engage in that thought repeatedly, the groove gets deeper and deeper and it becomes just an automatic thought. It's kind of like when you learned how to ride a bike as a child, you practiced and you practiced and then you probably rode a bike a lot or rode a skateboard a lot or whatever, whatever it was as a child. And to this day, you still know exactly how to ride that bike or ride that skateboard because that neural pathway is deeply grooved, deeply ingrained, and it's not going anywhere. And it's the same with our automatic negative thoughts and triggers that cause us to give in to urges sometimes absolutely mindlessly. So think of it like a mountaintop with huge hundred-year-old trees. And every year the snow melts from the mountaintop and it travels down this one path. That path creates a groove in the mountain and it becomes a creek and it flows down to the river. And one day, one of those hundred-year-old trees finally dies and it falls and it blocks that creek. So the following year, the snow melt has to take a different path. And it starts with a different pathway around the log and it eventually becomes the new creek. And that's what we want to do with our brain is change our thought patterns, change how we cope with stress and sadness and anger and excitement and overwhelm all of those feelings and create new neural pathways that eventually become automatic thoughts. So DBT can help you with that. And DBT is, is very, has a lot of components of CBT, but in, it also incorporates mindfulness skills and several other skills that just make it, in my opinion, a better option for treating binge eating. It can, it can uh, help you with binge eating because the key to ending your struggle is to learn to accept your emotions, the feel-good emotions and the not-so-feel-good emotions. And you'll also learn to manage stress and anger on a much deeper level, which in turn will curb your triggers for binging. And another facet of DBT is that it gives you tools to manage relationships, self-esteem, perfectionism, and toxic shame in a way that you truly level up in life and take control in a way that breeds new core beliefs about yourself, a heightened sense of self-worth, and a new confidence. So the first step is to find a great DBT therapist and dive in wholeheartedly. Practice the tools diligently and manage those triggers rather than giving in. Take the first step and take each step very slowly. Repeat the skills as much as possible in situations that trigger you. 
and don't beat yourself up if you have a little relapse. It's not perfection that cures you. The cure, there's really no cure, but you can learn to manage. It is it's really about practice and your perceived failures that are actually opportunities to learn more about yourself and continue practicing those changes. That's what helps you to reach your goals. So in, in upcoming DBT episodes, you'll hear me refer to eating disorder triggers, how to apply DBT skills to those triggers. Be sure to find a great DBT therapist as well as listening to your therapy tools for supplemental tools to heal for your healing journey. You are worth it. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to love yourself more.